God's been good to you. Uh, God has blessed you and God has brought us from a mighty, mighty long way. I want to um, express my uh, condolences uh, to um, our dear sister who uh, has lost her husband and, and we pray for that family uh, that uh, God might uh, bless them uh, and God might bring some healing uh, to that uh, particular uh, situation. Thank you, uh, Brother uh, uh, I also want to uh, express my appreciation to all of those who had at least a small hand in our youth uh, going over and being successful this weekend. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. And, and, and listen, like I told our brother, I said, listen, I appreciate you because we have so many men that are invested in taking them to AAU basketball and taking them to the track and all that. But when you get some men that are invested in taking our children and making sure they're having a spiritual foundation, you need to know I appreciate that. Not only that, but listen, listen, uh, we're going to celebrate them again. Now, when we celebrate them again this time, here's why we're going to celebrate them again. Uh, we did celebrate them. But church, listen, if they were out there shooting that basketball, we'd be shouting and hollering. Amen, somebody. If, if they were out there throwing that football, we'd be all on our feet uh, clapping and praying. But listen, our young folk went and they did something for the Lord. Amen, somebody. So can we celebrate our young people one more time? Amen. Uh, for what they did. We, uh, we really, we really, really uh, are proud of you guys. We thank you guys so much. And listen, I'm big on young folk and y'all will get to know that about me uh, because I work in education. I've been there for 11 years. And I know some of the things our children deal with, what they go through, what they experience. And if you knew some of the stuff that, were, that our children were exposed to, you would have them at every Bible bowl, every Bible class, every Sunday school. Amen, somebody. You wouldn't even have a radio on in your car. You had a Bible playing if you knew what some of our kids are exposed to or the lack thereof. Um, I had a, a, a boy just last week. I was just walking down the hallway minding my own business. Um, and I heard a little boy say, I want to go to, and listen, I didn't say anything to him. He was talking to his friends. He said, I want to go to church, but my daddy won't let me go to church. Why they were talking about it, I have no idea. But the Lord let me hear that. And that's what he said. I want to go to church, but my daddy won't let me go to church. And so you need to know that for our children to be here and be exposed to the word of God, thank you so much for all that you do. All those who have helped, all those parents that studied with your children, just keep it up. I guarantee you that you are investing in something that will pay great dividends in the future. Amen? All right, listen, let's rendezvous this morning if you'll meet me um, in John chapter number 1. And I want to read verse number 35. It's John chapter number 1, beginning at verse number 35, and I want to end at verse number uh, 42. I want to also express appreciation as you turn there to those who traveled yesterday to the funeral. Um, we appreciate you. Um, one sister said, listen, 10 hours on us, it ain't easy no more. Amen, somebody. So <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but um, we just appreciate you for being there with uh, the family. John chapter 1, beginning at verse number 35. <coughs> the Bible says, the next day, John was there again with two of his followers. When he saw Jesus walking by, he said, look. Now, the John they're talking about here is John the Baptist, okay? <clears throat> walking by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. The two followers heard John say this, so they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following him, he said, what are you looking for? 
They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Rabbi means teacher. He answered, come and see. So the two men went with Jesus and saw where he was staying and stayed there with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two men who followed Jesus after they heard John speak about him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and say, we have found the Messiah. Messiah means Christ. Then Andrew took Simon to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. Y'all should remember that from last week, right? Uh, and you will be called Cephas and Cephas means Peter. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning from the subject matter and tag this, uh, attributes of a servant, all right? Uh, attributes of a servant. Listen to these names, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Richard Pryor, Elvis Presley. When you hear those names, what do you think? Do you think that all of them were entertainers? Mm -hmm. Perhaps you are drawn back to memories or a time in life when you were able to enjoy the talent of those individuals. As you think about them, you will also be reminded that they were not only entertainers, but they were entertainers that performed on the highest stage. What we might also be reminded of is that even though they performed on the highest stage, they also have in common that while they performed on the highest stage, all of them had a very hard fall from those stages. This serves as a reminder to those of us who often see individuals performing on stages that you might want to be careful becoming envious of their gifts and talents of those that perform on the highest stage because though you see them at their best on stage, oftentimes they are at their worst off of the stage. While this is true, it is also true that when it comes to the stage, we often give all of our attention to the main characters. Amen, somebody. While overlooking the supporting cast. Just think about it. While watching the Oscars, who waits to hear the name for the best supporting actor or actress? Uh, while watching the Grammys or the Billboard Music Awards, who watches and celebrates the producers, the sound engineers, the publicists? Who's cheering for them? Oftentimes the answer is the only individuals that receive attention are those who are the main characters or the contenders in the main event. This attention while justly received, should be focused on more than the main character or the lead actor. Hear me, church. If it were not for the director or the sound engineer or the publicist or the marketing personnel or all of the supporting cast, there would be no main characters to be celebrated. It sickens me. It does. When someone is being celebrated for their accomplishments and they themselves take credit for all of their success and do not have the slightest thank you 
for those that have aided them along their path. I remember a couple of years ago when, well, whatever, last year when I secured my second degree, I remember while walking across the stage and out in the audience is John and Marcia Tillman, my mother, my father, my wife, my children, my sister, my brother-in-law, I remember seeing them. And though it was Clarence Ross on stage being celebrated for his academic achievement, I knew that if it were not for Ashley Ross, there would be no Clarence Ross. Amen, somebody. I knew that if it were not for Joanne and Clarence Sr., there would not be a me. If it were not for John Tillman and Marcia Tillman, there would not be the preacher that you have today. Church, I have learned to appreciate people that have helped me in my life, but I don't believe that I have made it this far by myself. There, and even if someone did not have a direct hand in helping me, at least they prayed for me. Amen, somebody. Amen. And listen, Avenue F, let me just say this to us. As we grow in our relationship, let us never get to a point to where we do not appreciate the people that have gone before us and have laid the foundation for us to be able to worship here in Plano, Texas. You need to know that we might be, we might be able to worship here now in 2019, but there were people a long time ago that began to set the foundation for this church and give it legs for us to be able to worship here in 2019. So while we are here, we need to make sure that we are giving our thank yous to other people that have helped us. And that shows church a sign of maturity. Amen, somebody. You're a mature person. When you can look around you and say, I just appreciate folks that have touched me in my life. What the story of Andrew and Simon suggests to Christians today is that for ministry to be successful, there has to be some common character traits that we all must share. And from Andrew, we gather that sometimes in ministry, you are the lead role. And sometimes in ministry, you are the supporting cast. But the question becomes, how do you respond when God calls you to be the supporting cast? Amen, somebody. You're going somewhere. And not the lead role. Number one, Andrew teaches us this. Ministry begins at home. Y'all get that? Ministry begins at home. Number two, Andrew teaches us that oftentimes ministry is done in obscurity. Did y'all hear that? Number one, ministry begins at home. And number two, ministry is often done in obscurity. First of all, it begins at home. On last week, we studied the Apostle Peter, and we took a deep dive into the life and calling of the Apostle Peter. But we realized that Peter had a dynamic ministry. Peter is responsible for more converts by number in the New Testament, rivaled only by the Apostle Paul. On one occasion, 3,000. On another occasion, 5,000. Peter was widely known throughout the Christian world and was known as the spokesman and the leader of the 12 apostles. What is interesting though, 
is that while it is important to know the ministerial impact of Peter, what is often unaddressed is that while Peter had a successful ministry, if it were not for Andrew, there would be no Peter. Let me say that again. Peter had a successful ministry, but if it had not been for Andrew, there would be no Peter. Watch what I'm talking about. Look at verse number 40 of John 1. One of the two men who followed Jesus after they heard John speak was Andrew. Who is Andrew? Simon Peter's brother. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and say to him, we have found the Messiah. Then, watch it, Andrew took Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon. Y'all remember that one? But you shall be called Peter. It is interesting that when we see Andrew, we see him in three occurrences in the book of John. And when we see him, Andrew is doing the same thing in all three occurrences. Y'all with me? What was the first occurrence? You see Andrew here following John, and then he brings and rather, and then he brings Peter to Jesus. Y'all got that? That's the first occurrence. The second occurrence is in John 6, verse number 7. When rather Philip answered, we would all have to work a month, y'all remember that, to buy enough bread for each person to have only a little piece. Another follower, another of his followers, Andrew, y'all got that? Simon Peter's brother said, here is a boy with five loaves of barley and two little fish, but that is not enough for so many people, is it? John chapter 12, we see Andrew the third time. In verse number 20, there were some Greek people Two who came to Jerusalem to worship at the Passover feast. Then they went to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip told Andrew, and then, and, and Philip, and rather, Philip told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip told Jesus. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all see all three of them? Where do you see him first? You see him first meeting Jesus and then going to get his brother and bringing his brother to Jesus. You see him in John 6 with the feeding of the 5,000. While all the other apostles were trying to figure out what are we going to do to feed all these folk? And what did Andrew do? It was Andrew that went in the crowd and found that little boy that had two fish and five loaves. And what did he do? He took the little boy and did what? Brought him to Jesus. In John chapter number 12, what do you see? You see some Greeks that were trying to find Jesus. Y'all remember that? And when they tried to find him, they ran into Philip. Now, we don't know why, but Philip didn't take him to Jesus. Philip took him to Andrew, and Andrew did what? Took them to see Jesus. What do you see every single time? You find people that did not know Jesus, but Andrew was the one that would take people that did not know Jesus, and Andrew would bring those people to Jesus. Amen, somebody. Now, now wait a minute now. You see that three different occasions. That tells you that that was not something just by happenstance. That was his 
attitude. His attitude was, I don't have to minister to the crowds. I will go and get individual Come on, y'all. I'll go one ministry one by one. If I run into somebody that does not know Jesus, I will bring these people to Jesus. But where did the ministry start? It's interesting to me, church, that when we start talking about evangelism, when we start talking about reaching the lost, that oftentimes we want to go into the community to reach the lost. We want to go, uh, uh, Brother Ross, listen, we want to go on a mission trip. Well, where you want to go? Well, Brother Ross, let's go to Africa. Let's go to India. Uh, Brother Ross, let's go to South America. Brother Ross, uh, let's, let's go over to Asia. Uh, Brother Ross, let's go all across the world and spread this gospel. And what's interesting is that we want to go all the way across the world, but you ain't told your husband. Folk that you work with every day, folk on your job, people that you know, your neighbors, you want to go all the way to Africa, but you ain't even told the, your boss about Jesus. Isn't that interesting how ministry, oftentimes, we want to go way out to try to catch somebody. And God is saying, why in the world do you want to go way out when you ain't even talked to the people? That I have put around you every single day. And church, I want for you to see Andrew. Andrew was so taken back and enthralled and excited about the word that he had heard from Jesus that the first person he thinks about is his own brother. Amen, somebody. His own family. He said, listen, if anybody got to hear this word, my brother got to hear it. My sister got to hear it. My parents need to hear it. Church, are you excited not only to save your neighbor, but to save your own family? Amen, somebody. Hey, Amen. I know you like the family reunion. I know you like partying it up. I know you like getting out of the family reunion. Can you tell somebody about Jesus? Amen, somebody. So number one, you see him take the gospel to his own brother. But then something changes. Okay. Church, did you notice there is a drastic change that happens in his ministry? Here it is. You need to know the first disciple call or to meet Jesus, it was Andrew. And only about six times by name will you find Andrew's name written in the Gospels. You only hear about him again after the Gospels in the book of Acts, and not even by name. It's just when the 11 were there. You don't hear about Andrew again after the Gospels, only in recognition of all of them, not even by his own name. In Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, who becomes the main character? Peter. Now, church, wait a minute. Remember, who called, who brought Peter to Jesus? It was Andrew. But who gets the credit for saving all these souls and preaching all these sermons? Peter. You don't hear about Andrew again after the Gospels by name. So what do you see happen? Initially, Andrew is the lead role, but God moves him from being the lead role to now being 
the supporting cast. And what do you see Andrew doing? Even though I ain't the lead, guess what? I still got a ministry in God's church. Amen, somebody. Too many times we believe that ministry and being effective in ministry is about who can be out front and who can be the lead character. And let me just be very clear about what I'm going to say to you. What I'm going to say to you is you better be very careful when you run into people that they don't want to do nothing if they ain't in control of it. Preach, Ross. I'm going to go ahead and preach right there. Be very careful about people and their attitudes and how when they are in charge of it, Oh, they all into it. They ready. They ready to go. They ready to plan. They their own time. But as soon as God moves them from being the lead role to being a supporting cast or just being in the sound booth, all of a sudden, And I ain't talking about one of y'all in particular. I just know in churches, this stuff will happen. That God will move you around and God just wants to sit back and see how you go act. When nobody is patting you on the back, when nobody calling your name, when nobody is giving you the accolades or the credit, when nobody has anything to say about you, how in the world are you going to act? Are you going to be one that stand office and say, nah, look, they ain't asked me what I think about it. I don't, don't want to have nothing to do with it. They want it done. It should have been done my way. I told them what to do a long time ago. They didn't even do it. Or are you going to be a person and say, you know what, even though I ain't the lead, even though nobody might not say anything about me, I might not be celebrated, I might not be given the flowers, I might not be given a plaque, I'm doing this because I love Jesus. But where did that spirit come from? Where did that spirit come from? Can I show it to you? Go to John 3. We're not going nowhere else. We're right here in John. Where'd that spirit come from? Look at John 3. And when you look at John 3, I want you to go to verse 29. John chapter 3, verse number 29. John chapter 3, and verse number 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him now remember this is John the Baptist talking who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice so this joy of mine has been made full he must increase but I must decrease who is talking John the Baptist who is he talking about? Jesus. And what attitude does John have? Remember when the Pharisees were coming saying, look, man, tell us plainly. Are you the one? What did John say? I am not he. Well, John, who are you? John says, I am the one. I am the one that they were prophesying about, the one of the voice in the wilderness. What are you saying? Make straight the way of the Lord. What are you talking about? John says, you know what my ministry is about? My ministry is about making sure that I make a clear path for somebody else coming behind me. Y'all don't know I'm preaching, and I'm, I just preach right there. Y'all, did y'all hear that? John says, what is my ministry? My ministry is a ministry that all God has called me to do is to clear a path for somebody else coming behind me. Church, what are you talking about? John knows I ain't going to get the spotlight. God is using me simply as a bulldozer to get some stuff out the way. 
for the next man coming behind me. And when you are doing ministry, that's how you know your ministry is successful. When all you're doing is trying to clear a path for the next man that's coming behind you. You don't leave it raggedy. You don't leave it messed up or say, well, they ain't going to let me do so. I ain't got nothing to do with it and leave stuff jacked up. No, I'm going to make sure the path is clear because I want to make the path easier for people coming behind me. I want to talk to people even when we think about that generationally. Listen, the generation above us, what is your job? Your job is to make the, make the path easier for us coming behind you. My generation, what's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to make the path easier for the generation coming behind us. John says, all God has called me to do is to clear a path for Jesus coming behind me. And what happened to John's disciples? Who was his disciple? Andrew. What do you see Andrew doing? You see Andrew doing the same thing his teacher was doing. Andrew, all he does is clear a path for Peter. What did his teacher do? He cleared the path for Jesus. What is Andrew doing? He's clearing a path for Peter to come behind him. And then what happens to John? John the Baptist, he clears the path and then he goes off the scene and dies. What happens to Andrew? He clears the path and then he moves off of the scene from being the main character. You see in both of them that Andrew picked up the traits of the man that taught him. Church, do you not know that you will pick up the traits of people that's leading you? Now, what did I just say? What did I just say? Even I myself have to be careful. Because I got people that's looking at me. I have people that is following me. And more than the Avenue F Church of Christ, I got a wife and I have children that are watching me. And it, they will pick up my own, amen somebody, anybody can you testify, have y'all ever had them moments? Y'all know the moments I'm talking about, right? You know, those moments where you find yourself doing what your parents did. And you say, I sound just like my mom. Amen. <laughs> I sound just like my daddy. Because we will, in, we will pick up through osmosis the habits, the disposition, the attitude of those that are leading us. So I have to be very careful. But not only me, church, you have to be careful. that we are setting a good example for those that are coming behind us. Church, let me just be clear with you. Ministry is a great thing. But ministry, if you are in it for the wrong reason, it can be a frustrating thing. And if you are in ministry because you want somebody to recognize you, if you in ministry because you saw somebody else be celebrated and you want to be celebrated the way you saw them be celebrated, you're going to have a long, rough, difficult ministry. Ministry has to be more than just about what you can get out of. Ministry has to be about what is in the best interest of the people that are coming behind you. What can I do 
And you see this with Andrew, church. You see Andrew come on the scene, then you see Andrew move out of the scene. But Andrew learned that from his teacher, John the Baptist. But then it went further than that. He then moves over to Jesus' camp, and he also learned that from Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? I on my own will can do nothing if I do not receive it from my Father, which is... I didn't come to do my own will. I have come to do the will of him who sent me. And you see Andrew's ministry, church, and listen, listen. Here's what blows my mind. Here is what blows my mind. When you look at Andrew and you see Andrew's ministry, Andrew's ministry was a ministry about uplifting the next man. Can I be clear with y'all about one thing? I don't have to get high by pushing you low. Can I say that again? I don't have to get high by pushing you low. You know why? And let me tell you something else about Andrew that messed you up. Do you know that the, majority, the vast majority of the time when you see Andrew's name, do you know that his name is always connected with his brother? And it's never, it, it, it is not, listen, it's like this. We just read it in John 6. And Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Did y'all catch that? When you hear, when you hear him, it, that was Andrew, Simon's brother. You wouldn't even know who he was. Now, wait a minute. He could have got jealous, right? No, I'm the one that brought Peter. And without Peter, without me, it wouldn't be no, that's what some folk do. They will knock you down to lift themselves up. I don't have to knock you down to lift me up. God, listen, Jesus says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will lift you up. In due season. I don't have to knock your ministry to make a success of my ministry. Who is that? That is an insecure person that has to look down on other people, find all the wrongs in somebody else in order to feel better about themselves. Hey Amen. Y'all know anybody there, you can't never find nothing positive about nobody. Can't nobody do it right but them. And if they ain't do it, it ain't right, no matter how it comes out. Amen, somebody. But Andrew's disposition is, listen, man, when your ministry is successful, guess what? Avenue F's ministry. When, you, when your 